0: Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I did it after three. Oh, well, it's fine. Yeah, we're good. It's fine. Yeah. Great. Okay,
1: great. Our producer will hopefully not kill us. (laughs) I'm recording. I mean, it appears to be, but I don't know what I'm looking for. It just, there's a line and things are showing up. Well,
0: yeah, sound waves. That's what those are called.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what those are called. All right, great. So anyway, where are
0: we? (laughs) Where's our producer? Okay, so backstory. Our producer is seeing Endgame tonight and abandoned us, so it's whatever. Anyway, welcome to the Feeny Call. Hi. Hi. Hi,
1: Hi. I'm Skylar. I'm Megan. And we're going to talk about episode eight eight of Boy Meets World. Yes, it's called Teacher's Bet. Teacher's Bet. What a good pun. A strong it start. is
0: it is and my phone is dead so you are in charge okay
1: i'll time myself on the 30 second Fuck. recap here
0: except i need my phone for another piece of <laughs> hang on
1: okay hope everyone's having a good day Whenever day you're listening to this
0: why am i a shit show person <laughs> <laughs> skylar I answer just, i don't why have a, I don't have why am i that. a shit show person you're not a shit show person oh thanks He's so encouraging, ladies Is and gentlemen. Is that friends. what you needed? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you
1: needed to hear? That's Great. exactly what I needed to
0: hear. And my phone's got to get up and running. But in the meantime, go right ahead, 30 seconds okay. whenever you're ready.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and, Uno, Dos, Trace.
1: Okay, so in this episode, they start off by talking about uh, the income of baseball players and. Minkus thinks that Feeney's underpaid, and they, uh, Corey and Sean think that he's overpaid, and they think that he's got an easy job, and Corey is making outbursts in class, and he bets Feeney that he can teach class uh, easier than he can, because it's just easy, and they go on a bet, and they're supposed to be doing Diary of Frank and Corey's supposed to teach about prejudice in Diary of Frank, and he has the class be a party instead, and then he realizes that prejudice still exists today, and he uh, calls he calls attention to it in class and does Okay. <laughs> So and does okay. He does okay. <laughs>
0: and he does adequate work.
1: Yeah. We strive for mediocrity. <laughs> Listen. Uh, yeah. What a... This is a...
0: What a deep what one. What an
1: episode. I in. knew
0: we were coming up with... I, this was the episode that I was thinking of. I think it, I said it maybe an episode or two ago about how I was like, we've got some deep ones coming up. Yeah, They're yeah. coming. It's a good one. And I was thinking about this one just because... For the sole reason of I love Linda. I mm-hmm. wish she were in more ah, episodes. She's so I good. love her. She's so
1: good. What's her, her name? Something Price. Like, is it Lindsay Price? Lindsay. Lind, and we'll cut out this time in post. Yes. Lindsay Price. Oh yeah, it's totally her. Yeah. Okay. Lindsay Price. Lindsay Price. She's also been on Beverly Hills 90210. I
0: know her from How I Met Your Mother though, because she's the girl who won't shut up, and it's really funny to me that she's oh, really? also in this.
1: I don't remember that episode. Um, she's got she got quite the resume. Yeah, well, she's I mean, been in she's been, she's been in a lot of stuff all over. None of it that i recognize. Um, anyway, I love Linda. as mm-hmm. well. What an excellent character and a top notch actress. Yes, doing, I agree. Doing some good work here. Doing some good work on this episode. I'm going to...
0: However, I will say, she looks way older than Eric.
1: Yeah, for she sure. Looks like she's in her twenties. Yep, yeah,
0: for sure. Looks uh-huh. way older than Eric, which I'm sure Will Friedle absolutely loved. But anyway.
1: <laughs> Um, great. So where should we start? What should we, where should we jump in? Um,
0: at? so what did you learn?
1: Yeah. Okay. I, oh God. I mean, a lot, you know, there's, there's a whole lot here.
0: It's almost, I, mean, I feel like it's almost not what did you learn? It's just what did this reflect back to you about today? Sure. Cause it's, it's just, it is, I I don't know. It is what it is. It oh, is so, I mean, it's so applicable every, right. everywhere and everything and every time and whatever. Yeah.
1: Anyway. I think it's, it's. What's really interesting about this episode is the obvious, the, you know, 75% of it is about prejudice and, mm-hmm. and understanding that that still exists today, right? Uh, but I love also that this episode starts with a discussion over, like, a teacher wage disparity. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that it's also, like, reflecting how little we value teachers. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, in our payment. So, okay. So, I think, what did I learn, Right comes down to you know the the important implication that we have great stories of prejudice and history mm-hmm. and it's very easy if you sit in a place of privilege like Corey or myself to say oh well that was you know history and
0: mm-hmm. people aren't
1: like that anymore and it's like well yeah no one's like that to me because yes i correct you know exactly I'm, I'm in that seat of privilege and so like that it's such a real journey, I think, for a young privileged white boy to discover prejudice. Yes, um, and and that's great. You know that that he gets to have this experience. And this sounds. I don't know. This sounds a little too like also feels like might be like stepping over towards white savior nonsense oh uh, boy <laughs> but that's not what happens basically no. I mean, yeah i just think it's it's
0: well because there i think the only reason that it doesn't veer into that is because there is no problem that he solves based upon mm-hmm. a racial issue he just
1: kind of wakes he up he
0: just yeah he just wakes he up, just wakes up. Yeah. it's just his he journey to of
1: open his eyes waking up yeah mm-hmm.
0: So I think if in the event that he were to go back to the mall and be like, Hey, who called la, la, then it would be mm-hmm. a little bit different story. But.
1: Well and it also would have been a really interesting episode, I think, if let's say he wasn't teaching Diary of Van Frank, but instead he was supposed to teach like Uncle Tom's Cabin or mm-hmm. something. You know, like we're teaching this one story about Judaism, and that's his his foot in the door. But what if it was instead a story of a black person's struggle in America and like how would that have been different
0: Well and I found I found, I'm sorry I totally interrupted you Go ahead. I found it interesting that they didn't the two races that were called into play in this episode neither were black. it was Asian and or is more specifically Japanese mm-hmm. and then obviously. Mm -hmm. judaism
1: yeah feeney does say and when he like opens the lesson for the week he says this week we're going to talk about prejudice Mm. he says we'll discuss racism and slavery in the american south yes he did say that judaism in nazi germany and so we can presume that had feeney and this bet not happened maybe they would have touched on some more more american south which actually real quick like while that's just come up i was going to talk about a little later I I wonder about Feeney getting his class back on track now, that he's wasted a week of (laughs) of curriculum. (laughs) Uh, Like, what a, you know, great time. And and that this all happens. And they learn the book, I guess, by the end of the week, so maybe no time really lost. Like, he had allotted a week for Anne Frank, and, and that's what they do. But at the same time, I worry for, like, his schedule, you know? Like yeah,
0: <laughs> his lesson plan. Right. It is completely <laughs> fallen apart. Well, and I was thinking to myself, how do you cover that in just a week? That's...
1: Yeah, I mean... So
0: maybe that just Anne Frank was that week, and then another week was another book, and... That's
1: what I would surmise. I mean, I don't remember my sixth grade history class very much, mm, but... Neither do I. <laughs> I don't know, and I think, I don't think about, like, we studied Diary of Anne Frank until, like, high school. High school, school, I think, yeah. I feel, I mean...
0: Well, and I feel, in a lot of these TV shows, in these situations... Uh, we didn't study Romeo and Juliet in until sure, high school right. either. So just, I feel like they push, easier.
1: they push They push that. up
0: the lesson because they're classics. Everyone knows them. They right. know the central theme and then people can connect the dots. Oh, yeah. this central theme of this book or this lesson that they're learning obviously is the central theme of the whole episode. Right, right, right. So it's, it makes it easier, I feel like, as an audience member, even though it makes no sense that sixth graders are reading oh,
1: Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. Romeo and Juliet, sure. I, I've directed a production of Diary of Anne Frank for school audiences. Uh-huh. And our primary audience was seventh grade students. Yeah. Um, and
0: Frank, I could see.
1: That was the, sure. the majority of curriculum in the area. Of Diary of Frank was involved in seventh grade classes. So that's not far off the mark, I guess. Yeah. What, what about you? Any Any? I mean, there's tons of takeaways. It, it's hard, This is a harder one because it's very, it's like you said, it's not,
0: Yes. what and it's, did you learn? I It was more of a um just a moment in time, and I have a sound bite for us to listen to if my phone ever charges. Here we go. My lesson
1: for today is that when people treat other people badly because of their skin color or their religion or where they come from, then real smart, totally cool people can really suffer. What a great quote. I know.
0: He... I, he just has a little moment in this episode mm-hmm. and he just stands up and then I can't believe when he calls Sean out.
1: When he calls him? Yes. Yeah.
0: yes! He was just like, so that went and I was like, I forgot that that happened. It's oh, been yeah. a while since I've done a rewatch. So I forgot that that happened. I was like, that is, that's very heavy. Mm-hmm. It was so the moment that stuck out to me the most. And I, I cried a couple of times in this episode because I'm a sap, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Judge me if you will. It's a hard hitting episode anyway. But I cried when, uh, he called Sean a wop and then Sean got up and Feeney was like, what are you going to do? And he was like, I'm going to knock his head off. And Corey was like, what if you couldn't? And I was Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's so, (laughs) yeah, that's right. What if you couldn't, what if you actually can't do some of these things because you just, you can't, you're Mm -hmm. in a position where you are, going to be killed or you're going to be like killed and murdered or the same thing anyway you're going to be beaten or you're going to be raped or you're going to be murdered those things you have to take into account when you say something that could be for whatever the your abuser thinks is out of turn Mm -hmm. so it's such a that was such a heavy part for me because yes of course he wants to knock your head off but like what if what if you can't mm-hmm. and there are moments obviously even today where it's like what if you can't you can't do anything
1: yeah i mean it's, it's about power yeah it's all about power Ugh,
0: it's That's ugh.
1: what uh title nine suggests that not suggests states that uh, rape and abuse are about power mm-hmm. so, so there you go Um, Yeah, I think, and you know what's really interesting, too, about that quote is when he says, you know, uh, uh, really smart, totally cool, or whatever. However he Mm -hmm. describes Anne Frank and how he describes Linda, it's such, like, simple verbiage. Yes. That's clearly, like, he drew it from his vocabulary. Yes. Which is so nice. And then he describes them equally in the same regard. And it's just, like, you know, it it was a well-written episode to give Corey a... An immediate uh resonator mm-hmm. for Anne Frank for some for him to have someone to identify all of this with. Something I didn't remember about this episode that I noticed is that no one ever says what she got called at the mall, what Linda, yeah. what the name was, and no one even ever says that she was called a name because she is Asian?
0: What if it was because she was a woman, or like she was just a pretty girl, and some guy was catcalling her, and she got super, and he went too far, and she got super upset? Yeah,
1: that's I mean, happened think, to me before. Right. I think it, like it's clear the suggestion for the audience, yes, is that she was called a an offensive term because she is Japanese. Yes. But I just I thought it was really interesting. I was like, no one ever says that in that episode. That like, oh, somebody called her a derogatory word because of her uh, nationality mm-hmm. or ethnicity. And and yet, like, Corey gets so into it so quickly and is, like, able to deduce this, I guess. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so it's just interesting to, you know, notice that what, what they were able to accomplish without saying it all. Yes. That just by having an Asian, presumably Asian-American actress involved and then to have this scene where she's upset because some jerk called her a name mm-hmm. that we are all sadly reflects on society that we're like oh somebody called her a racist name right like that's where yeah we're, like exactly. we don't we, that's our first assumption yes right like that shouldn't that should be lower on the list it of should, assumptions yes. we should be like oh what's someone call her like you know playful what like, could, how could someone right? possibly like, what, what could they what possibly could they say? but yeah. instead we're like immediately oh okay well she's asian so they must have called they must her have said a racist, something name. racist yeah yeah Damn. Heavy one. It's so heavy. Yeah, uh, let's talk about some of the some of the light moments for. Oh my, Morgan! Of the All
0: Morgan. of Morgan's moments. Morgan, Morgan has, has such single. good moments in this episode. She
1: does. Oh, so good! You know where Morgan also shines is in her articulation as a young actress in yes. this episode. Somebody was somebody had just talked to her about consonants because everything she says is everything. like Linda, yeah, like every Linda. <laughs> every consonant is so pronounced.
0: <laughs> you need to be more independent. <laughs> She cracks me up.
1: She's great. She is so good she's in this top episode, top in this and episode. it
0: wasn't an obviously, like I said, I cried during this episode. But another mm-hmm. moment where I, my eyes kind of watered, was when she runs in and she's like, "Linda," and she runs over and mm-hmm. she goes, "What's wrong with Linda?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my! Oh no! No!" no. Falling apart.
1: She shines. She
0: truly. She carries this episode.
1: <laughs> uh, That's not true. A line but... that I've always loved from this episode is Alan saying, Why does Feeney want that bike? Oh, he's so
0: fixated <laughs> on that bike. He he's right. he doesn't understand well what if
1: the lesson is I want that bike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I love that about this episode too, because it's it makes no sense to me why Feeney would want the bike. Right. It's not like he's riding the bike no. in class. It's no, not no, causing no. a disturbance. So why does why does Feeney want the bike? I, I don't blame well, Alan I mean, for being the like
1: Feeney doesn't. Like no. when Corey says I put up my bike. Yeah. So Corey offered his bike as his, like, All right, fair, his fair piece to ransom. It didn't matter to Feeney. Feeney was like, sure, like you need something on the line. Yeah. That was what was important to Feeney. So <laughs> that's but it's it's such a funny I love his bit. And yes. Even when he has like the hard conversation with Corey about like I think you need to take your studies and this whole idea of prejudice a little mm-hmm. more seriously. At the end of it, he's still like because your bike's in danger because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just bought you just that, bought bike. that
1: bike. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's dive for a second. Dial back to the 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 lesser pronounced but equally important to me at least issue here is that teachers and their pay. Uh, oh
0: yes. I am. I've kind of been waiting.
1: Well, as soon as this episode, he gets forty thousand dollars a year, and they're like that much, and I'm like, Jesus, that's nothing. This poor man. Well,
0: and <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, that's forty thousand in '93. We're twenty years replaced from that almost. Mm-hmm. Well over over twenty, $20 years. There. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and even my mom working in a private school, she makes even less than that.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I
0: don't know how much specifically she makes, so sure. I can't honestly say whether or not it's more well, or less. Well, so like when but, we
1: were in grade school, the like national average was $40,000 with mm-hmm. the estimated average teacher's salary.
0: Whatever was so, the national average, she makes less than that. <laughs> I do know that. It's
1: probably, I mean, nothing's changed. It's probably still 40000 Because probably. no one gives a shit about, you know, the most, anyway, I could go for days about our devaluing of teachers. Um, yes.
0: I mean, you can. It's your podcast. You do whatever the fuck you want, man.
1: (laughs) It's just a matter of like, okay, you know, so if you're thinking about what it is that a teacher does and you are going to put your child in their care for 35 hours a week Mm -hmm. and not only their care for just like their Mm well-being, but also to fucking educate them Mm -hmm. so that they can grow up into something decent. Yes. Like what, what is more important to a parent than that? and so how is it so highly valued in like our mind but so poorly valued and disrespected
0: and something that i think about now in 2019 and 2018 and whatever is thinking about my mom in that position whatever we are not only asking all of this of our teachers now and then some we are now asking them to put their lives on the line mm-hmm. For students in the event of an emergency, mm-hmm. namely a gunman in mm-hmm. the school.
1: Yeah. I it's, uh,
0: don't want... I'm sorry. I, I know that your precious little eight-year-old is going to be the president someday. I don't honestly give a shit if it's between your son's life and my mother's. My mother is living. Sorry. Sure. Uh, that's what I want. That's fair. I don't want... <laughs> like I don't know what you want me to say yes you're a precious 8 year old no of course I'm attached to my mother I'm biased obviously I want my mother to live in that right. situation I do not I do not care for the fact that we ask so much of our teachers and still make they make jack shit it's true
1: I don't have a parent who's a teacher mm-hmm. I don't work as a public school teacher but mm-hmm. I do work with young people as a teacher I guess yes teach extracurriculars <laughs> and things of that nature yes right? And so I've never been in that position, thankfully, thank God, hopefully I never will. But I would like to believe, and I've been through trainings for like an active shooter situation or other emergencies and what the adult in the room, basically, if that's what we're going to reduce them to, is like expected and responsible for. And I'm like, you want this person to do all this stuff Mm -hmm. for what? Yeah. You know, just because it fills their soul. Like, it does for a lot of people. But, shit, they should also be able to afford a one-bedroom apartment.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds about right.
1: Uh, And, I mean, Minkus says it best. He's like, I think Mr. Feeney is one of the best teachers. And, you know, he makes this much in comparison to this baseball player. Yes. no... Disrespect against professional athletes, and I understand. That um, I, you know, a little disrespect against professional
0: athletes. Well, I yeah. am. I am okay saying that I believe that they make a little too much money, sure. especially in relation to what other people are making. Right, and that all
1: has to do with bullshit sponsor advertising. Of course corporate machine whatever Uh, it is it is truly a
0: (laughs) giant corporate machine
1: thankfully several professional athletes do some some good charity with their excess wealth so anyway teachers should make more money yeah uh, particularly public school teachers particularly public school teachers who uh you know have served what is, how many years has been? What does he say? It's later in the series where he says his thirty-five years worth of education, something like in the that, yeah, school system or something to that effect. And I'm like, man, this man has given it all. Right, he's given his whole life. Right. Over to the the enrichment of young minds. Mm-hmm.
0: And he's done. A, I mean,
1: he's got a pretty house, I guess. So he's going to be doing okay. but he's also unmarried no kids yes he doesn't
0: have any of the additional expenses being
1: being a single adult with forty thousand dollars a year isn't the worst plenty have it worse than that yes very true but
0: still (laughs) for again for all we ask of him and for all that he has to deal with yeah that's
1: nothing can you imagine (laughs) so it's weird right because i was about okay so this whole thing i was about to say can you imagine if boy meets world was being made now on the same like on the same grounds that they made it then. Mhm. They probably would have made an episode that involves an active shooter or yeah. or, a, or a an drill. episode that involves a drill or the ramifications thereof. Something an episode probably not one that involves an active shooter situation but something that explores that thematic content. Yes. And yet now this whole thing answers itself because they made Girl Meets World yeah. now. Well, and
0: except I feel like Disney Channel then and Disney Channel now are two completely different right. Yeah, that's, that's
1: what I was going to say is yeah. that like they just wouldn't, they won't touch that content. No. Know? It's like That's So Raven had huge racism mm-hmm. level episodes. Yeah. That they're really just not going to touch much anymore because no. it's too hot button-y for, yeah. their, for their general ratings, you know?
0: Yes. And they do, I mean, Girl Meets World had some good episodes about, uh, obviously, like, arts in education and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. They had good episodes, not as good as Boy Meets World, because sure. they
1: aren't allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they weren't allowed to have, but, you know, an episode about underage drinking or yes, an
0: episode... or premarital about, sex, right, or...
1: Getting involved in the literal mob. Yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, smoking and not drugs yes. and shit. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's just interesting. When, Even,
0: like, a cult.
1: Like I love the cult episode. It's a good episode. It's so good. Well, wait, we're, we're off track.
0: We, we just love this
1: show. This episode <laughs> is probably, it's the best one so far. For sure. Uh, of the first eight episodes, it is a very solidifying episode in a lot of ways, I think. Because everyone in the family gets a fair share of screen time. Yes. Feeny... And Corey, like Feeny, gets a fair share of screen time. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not just like a family episode. And Feeny knocks on the door once. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in the main cast gets, like it's the best ensemble episode, I think. I agree. Of that we've seen thus far,
0: even and, Sean gets. Right, Sean
1: and Topanga both get like a yeah. good amount of screen time. And, Minkus. and Minkus, like everybody gets a well developed piece of this puzzle. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can see everyone's little arcs throughout it. Mm -hmm. And then it also, like, it tackles the idea of, boy, meeting a world. What? What? But it really, like, it hits it. It's one of the first ones that, like, is when he, he meets a real nasty conclusion. Yes. And doesn't have, like, there's no answer, really. No. It's just, like... We need to give a shit and we need to learn from history.
0: And I appreciate what he says as well when after he says, what if you couldn't do anything? He was like, it's not just enough that one person stands up. We all got to stand up. Right. Like we all got to take a stand against this stuff. Not
1: that the person who like is called the name stands up. Yeah. Everyone else has to stand up with them. Yes. Yeah. What a good little bit there, you know? And then he reads the last line from her diary. Mm-hmm. In spite of everything, I still believe people really are good at heart. oh Ugh. So, and you know, did you... This was maybe a year ago, actually. Some researchers were able to analyze pages of her diary that had been, like, illegible up until uh, recently. It was because... They this had sounds been, familiar to me. They had been, like, pasted together, and they were unable to, like, separate these pages without fear of damaging it or something like that. Mm. And they, what the pages contained was, like dirty jokes and right yes sex. Yes. yes.
0: Yes, I do remember uh. <laughs> this. I do remember this. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it brought uh. it, well, it brought this really interesting conversation of like there's different publications. There's different pub there were several publishings of the diary of Anne Frank. Yes. And it brought up this, like, conversation about sanitizing it because, like, she wrote, like, about sex or, like, she had thoughts about sex. Hey, guess what? She
0: was a 15-year-old.
1: Right. Like, she's allowed to, right? (laughs) And so there were things where they, like, sanitized that out of, censored that out of, like, publishing of her diary, previously and things like that. I mean, right. this much well, I'm close,
0: ready for but... the unabridged <laughs> Diary of Anne Frank yeah. people. Yeah, I'm I, ready.
1: I need to read these little, like, these, you know, the sex jokes and the, yeah. the thoughts about just, like, exploring with her world. I don't know. If you're stuck uh, isolated for a good while in the middle of puberty, you're probably gonna think about sex yeah. once or twice. <laughs>
0: and if it was important enough for her to write down, I mean, come on. It deserves yeah. to be read. It's
1: true. It's true. There's, I mean... We could go on probably. For days. We could probably go on It's going to become pretty circular, I think. Yeah. If we keep on just rambling. It is one
0: of those things. Yeah. I mean, like you said, this doesn't have... It's not a, we finish with a happy lesson, we tie it up with a bow, and it's done. I feel like we would never, if we started talking about this episode and just didn't let ourselves stop, it would just never there would yeah, it'd be circular. We'd never get right. to a place where we're satisfied with.
1: And I think it would be something for us to to discuss the obvious relevance. yes of it still yes, because anybody listening that can't just kind of discern that needs, but, to, yes. go and, like, needs just, to just turn I, on the TV on, yeah, for it, two seconds read please anything. <laughs> read, read anything because yeah. um, it's there. It is all
0: there. Well, and this one specifically, I feel like focused on race and religion. I would say nowadays it even spans into, if it were, if, if they were to make an episode like this on whatever the fuck next generation boy meets world is, that's not girl meets world. That actually doesn't have to be kind of censored under the Disney channel globe. Um, I would say they would bring in sexual orientation into this. Mm -hmm. They would bring gender into this, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes it more relevant for us today because these, all of these lessons just boil down into this tiny little monologue that Corey gives is now expanded upon in our 21st generation because we have more that we are willing to talk about. Mm-hmm. More that we're willing to put on the table and say, yeah. hey, you can't make fun of me for that.
1: Right because I'm totally cool, totally smart or whatever he says.
0: Um. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I'm cool and totally well, it's, smart. Describe, it's t- I think it's smart it's, and totally it's cool. really smart and totally
1: cool or something yeah, like that. something to that that's effect. Great. That's a great that's how I'm going to start describing everybody. They're really smart and totally cool. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Who is your MVP?
0: Corey was actually my MVP.
1: That's, I didn't think that, that it would, would happen. Probably not happen. I know. Often. I did
0: not think that it would happen, but I Corey is my MVP because he learned he learned a thing. And it's not like in the other episodes where he learns a thing and then he forgets it in the next episode. He learns a thing, mm-hmm. and I think he pretty much learns it for the rest of the show. I don't... Sure. This doesn't... This necessarily does not resurface again for him. He never battles with it again or anything. So it appears yeah. from the outsider's perspective that he learned his lesson. It's learned. It's done. Mm-hmm. And... Um, now he can be a better educated individual for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that probably will not happen very often. No,
0: absolutely not. Corey's a shithead, right. but... <laughs>
1: Especially, the, like, the first half of this episode, man. Fuck him. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah. So I just want to hit him. Like, I don't know, you want to hit him because he's an 11-year-old. But, yes. like, you want to just, you know, like, give him a little smack up the side of the head and yeah. like, would you listen to yourself yeah. for two seconds? Yeah uh what he said Feeney hands out the books and he says oh it's a book about a girl or something yes <laughs> <Literally. Yep. laughs> it's ridiculous yep. how much of an ass he is in the beginning of this episode and again we you know, to show the transformation have to paint him in that way in the beginning so that it's a better payoff at yes the end. fair yeah so I think that Corey is a good MVP I I want to give it up for Eric actually in this episode oh because I, we don't see what happens at the mall. No, but I like to believe that Eric like stood up for Linda mm-hmm. the best he could, and yet stood up for her in such a way that involved removing them from the situation. from the situation. Yes, like not no one making came it home worse. With a black eye, no, no one's in trouble. He's like, hey, that's not cool. They doubled down. He said, that's fine. We're gonna leave because we don't need. Yeah, we don't need going. this. I mean, I'm making all this up, but that's what I'm gonna choose to infer. Well, happened. Eric's
0: Eric's not like a macho right. macho he's not man. To fight. He's not gonna he's not confront to somebody, yeah. But he he's stands gonna... up for people he does. with his
1: with his words and then yeah. knows when it's best to like remove yes. yourself from a situation that's you know not not a fight worth having. No. Uh and so just does what he thinks is gonna be best for consoling Linda. And also doesn't do the shitty 15 year old fuckboy boy thing about having like a sad crying girl where she's she trying to take advantage he's, of like, it taking advantage yep. of her being vulnerable I'm like here cry on my shoulder like it's genuine like fuck man people suck I hate these people I can't yeah. believe they'd say so, like yeah you know he's really in it
0: just like taking her back just home. because
1: like she needs support and he's just there not in any romantic way just like I'm here to support you and that's it. Yeah. So and that's I, why I think Eric gets my MVP this episode.
0: Yeah. Eric's Eric handles it very well, I think. Because, I mean, no one can really prepare you for that. No one can prepare you for the moment that you're suddenly belittled for something that you cannot help. Right. It's so much different if it's, like, your shirt looks funny or you have a stain on it or something. So you can change a shirt. But, like, yeah. if she was belittled for her...
1: For her um, ethnicity.
0: For her yeah. ethnicity, then that's obviously not something that she can help. Yeah. And... I, if she was belittled because she was a woman then that's obviously not something that she right. can help either especially being sexualized at 15 Right. that's not her problem it shouldn't be her problem right. it's not her fault
1: yeah I mean I've never been I've I had the privilege to never really be in that situation there was a single time in college where <laughs> someone called me a wop in an, I don't know, like an insulting sense because yeah. I am Italian and I couldn't it didn't hurt my feelings. I was just like trying to wrap my head around it like, really? Like re- what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're gonna bring that here oh, I was like, right what now?
1: What the fuck is that? <laughs> what <are we> gonna... <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that it was happening, not because I was upset or insulted by it because this person didn't have my respect really. And so yes. like it didn't matter to my opinion. And they said it behind my back to someone who told me about it. And I was literally I heard about it, I was like, What?
0: What? Why?
1: Why? Like, there's a lot of other things that would have insulted me more. Right?
0: It's, yeah.
1: It was, it, it was so weird. It was such a strange experience. And thankfully, again, I I've, I've, have lived a, a privileged life to not face that uh, insult and discrimination and attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, the one time I did, I, I was able to laugh it off, literally. Yes. Um, that is which good. Which is, you know, just nice for me.
0: That is very it's, nice for
1: you. And I hope I... to use that privilege to help others.
0: I definitely envy you.
1: Just the fact of it being a woman. Oh, I could theory. go on and on.
0: <laughs> I could go on and on. And right. I was thinking about this, kind of in preparation, just mentally preparing to, to get into a discussion about this episode. I was like, I could honestly talk for days about just the the shit that guys have pulled. Even especially living here in a city, mm-hmm. I have been in so many situations where I'm like, I can't handle this. Like, I can't believe I'm in this situation. I don't feel safe. Yeah.
1: Any fun facts?
0: I have a random... Well, uh, should I say it now? I have a lot of fun facts for like later on, like down the no, line. So, But I'll save them.
1: I don't know if we have a fun fact for this one. Um,
0: this isn't a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> not very fun. You know, they so never, no fun facts.
1: What's interesting is they never say that the book they're reading is the Diary of Anne Frank until like the last scene when yes. Corey's teaching. And so I, I, I don't remember the first time I saw this episode. So like I've always known that that's what the book it was that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. But I wonder what that experience is like the first time watching this episode not knowing where it's going, yes. what's going to happen and then being like, oh, it's, I mean, I guess if you're watching it as an adult, you can probably surmise like, like they're probably reading the diary, man, Frank.
0: Especially with Corey wow. saying a 15 year old girl died and just like walking to the front of the classroom and just like exclaiming yeah. that. Right. Not right. even like, because she was Jewish because blah 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 he just mm-hmm. says a 15-year-old girl died yeah. and no one cares yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah that's yeah.
1: yeah I think it's just this one this episode is really well written it's very, it is. like it's very strategically written with you know with some strong lines yes. some strong uh, some strong beats some very intentional phrasing or intentional lack of yes. words being used and things you know and yeah, it's just, I don't know who wrote this one, but good on them. Good on them. They did they did their they job. They did a good. They got their $75 in a juice box. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's not what TV writers make. I don't know what TV writers I make. don't either, but... Uh, probably more than $40,000 a year. Probably. If, if it's a decent show, I guess. <laughs> yeah, depends on the show. Sure. Uh, so we did MVPs? Yes, did and my 10. laptop's
0: actually about to die, so okay, I great. sign off.
1: So... Um,
0: Thanks so. for listening. You uh, can
1: like us on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: Yes. Or
1: follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. It's all That weird. too.
0: It's all strange.
1: Uh, Feeny Call <laughs> Podcast, right? That's uh, on
0: thing. Instagram and Feeny Call, slash Feeny Call, Facebook and Twitter. And then shoot us an email at uh, Call Podcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. If, you, uh, if you have any thoughts on the episode. Like we yeah. said, it's very hard hitting. Uh, so uh, yeah. give us your thoughts. We get like
1: a real influx of email us we'll do a listener mail episode
0: yeah that would be great um, let us know what is going on just tell us you know what what
1: like, tell us about your experience tell in this us episode.
0: tell us uh How was your what, you, what you did today Do you go to the grocery store i didn't i should have uh I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> um, i'll weed through them <laughs>
1: okay anyway anything else
0: uh no i think that is all thanks great. for sticking around
1: class dismissed